folks, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host. I'm your Brains Coach, and it is my job here to bring to you all the best brain body tools so you feel, look, and do your absolute best. As I was walking on the beach today, folks, I was thinking to myself, it is all in the brain. The results that we get or don't get, it is related to what our brain is going through. And we can influence that through our lifestyle, through our nutrition, through our self-talk, through how we evaluate any situation. And that is also in our control, like where we focus, right? That's how we're going to feel and what actions we're going to take. So as I was thinking about that, I'm like, this is going to be the era of um, anything brain-related. I truly believe so. And that's why we see a peak of different nootropics, brain health supplements. Almost every single company out there who creates supplements, for example, is, ra- is now is either in brain health or, or some sort of nootropics that help people to take advantage, better advantage of their brain, right? But, you know, with supplements, um, you always have to be a little bit more on a sensible side, meaning they will help you to improve, but only very little unless you take care of your basic lifestyle and nutrition and, you know, those four pillars, for example, to maintain healthy levels. So dopamine, it's not just for dopamine. And we talked about last week, for um, folks, um, if you, if you want to listen about four pillars of your lifestyle or four behaviors that you need to do every day to optimize for your dopamine, this get you done and uh, feel motivated and driven molecule, then please uh, find that episode. I believe we did it on Wednesday, but it has something to do with four step or four pillars of dopamine optimization. Anyhow, folks, so besides those, you know, behaviors, and then you have your baseline nutrition, and then on top of that, you have other behaviors like breath work or different other stress management techniques. When you add those nootropics on top of that, like they will produce considerable effect and upgrade. Um, it is, of course, recommended to use them actually by professionals, not all the time, but some of the time. Otherwise, your own systems get ineffective. And very often you might drive yourself into the kind of performance that leads to burnout. Um, you see, folks, our body and brain, they still cannot function 24-7, right? And no matter what you do um, until, I don't know, we figure out some some magical, maybe not magical, but some genetic switch that will allow us to go, I don't know, and go and go, uh, maybe then we'll be able to work without recovery. But even then, you know, the system, it's just like a car kind of, any uh, mechanism is um, designed to function with certain intensity. And if you intensify it beyond that, it usually breaks down faster. So with, you know, our workload or the intensity with which you approach life, um, it might be worth it to slow down if you want to go longer. Um, it's kind of like with marathon, right? You have those 42 kilometers that you have to run <clears throat> and you can run it but you cannot sprint it. If you attempt to sprint it, you burn out and you'll stop. That's why uh, the pace of marathoners is slower than a pace of a sprinter. That's just because the distance and you cannot go with the same speed and intensity as a sprinter goes doing your marathon. So the same with life. Um, 
if you just want to sprint and burn out and I don't know die or or just slow down a lot and for a long time you can do that or you can just pace yourself and go through your life through your work at a pace that allows you to recover as you go and then you run that marathon uh giving your you know maybe not absolute freaking best and peak but optimal throughout this long distance that being said um, folks, today uh, usually would be a five bullet Monday, brainy Monday. Actually, really love doing so. Uh, but there is not so much to report, um, actually, that I found interesting or that can be useful to you in any way, except for one piece of news that has to do, as you guessed from the uh, title of this podcast, with cravings. And so um, the study was just published um, a couple of days ago, maybe three days ago, in Neuroscience News. And um, it has to do with this research going on that scientists are trying to figure out now why people prefer, majority of people prefer processed foods, ultra-processed foods with, you know, high sugar content, high fat content, low nutrient content, um, specifically I'm talking about, you know, fiber and vitamins and minerals, etc., um, loaded with calories and different ingredients that are just not present in um, in whole foods that you would grow on, or, you know, like animal food. And so they're trying to figure out, like, why 58% of calories in the American diet specifically comes from come from um, highly processed foods. And last week, Andrew Huberman, the famous Stanford neuroscientist, um, I'm a huge fan, and just because he's a really great scientist, and that's just not me saying that, it's scientific community saying that, with a lot of uh, published um, papers, um, etc. And he's a great science communicator. So he came out with the podcast episode on dopamine optimization, that dopamine that we talked about last week and for pillars, four pillar lifestyle habits that you need to do every day to maintain optimal balance of it, right? So the episode by Andrew Huberman that was released last week was on dopamine optimization. And in this podcast, he was talking about how our brain will start preferring anything that hit, that creates peaks fast peaks of dopamine, the faster, the higher the peak of that dopamine release stimulated by some behavior or some substance. So the higher, the faster, the more preference your brain going to have for that specific behavior. That's why, for example, drugs are so addictive. One of the reasons for a lot of drugs is because, for example, nicotine uh, increases that dopamine very fast by, like, I believe, maybe up to 1,000% um, or, you know, in just many hundred uh, percentages more uh, cocaine by like, I don't know, 5,000 or something. So usually the stronger, the more addictive the drug is, the higher dopamine peak and the faster it is. And the brain just not well adapted to anything that... Uh, you know, causes these spikes, but doesn't bring the value. The brain kind of doesn't have a lot of ways to differentiate between behaviors that are um, adapting us well to the environment and behaviors that are adapting us not so well, like taking drugs. The brain, folks, um, as we talked a lot 
as we talked often about on this podcast, our brain is not concerned with long-term uh, priorities. Not at first. That's not the major concern. Our brain is trying to keep us alive, surviving. And so what the dopamine peak usually would um, signify for our brain in natural environment is when you get to have sex and procreate, or when you get this, you know, food that is higher in calories and either carbs or fats, uh, and your brain needs to remember that. And so your dopamine goes up faster than for other kinds of foods that are not as nutritious calorie-wise in, you know, fats and carbs. And then your brain remembers that and it's like, we got to have more of that to survive, right? It's beneficial. And in the natural world, it would. Foods with higher calorie content, um, content they usually have um, vitamins and minerals and fibers and all of these things, they make overall this food a very beneficial for survival thing. Now back to, or also, you know, what would cause a higher dopamine peak is social interactions. Because uh, when we are in our tribe and we have our social status that is pretty good, it's a insurance of our survival. Our species survived because we create, we were great tribal animals. It's much easier to survive as a tribe. And we still have this social interaction uh, preference. Like we need other people to survive and thrive. And if you want to make someone really depressed really fast, just deprive them on, of any social interactions and people um, get all kinds of ill health consequences when you deprive people of interaction with other humans uh, in a meaningful way. So anyhow, the brain uses those dopamine peaks as a signal to, okay, here we can get more of what is supposed to be beneficial for our survival. But of course, in our modern environment, our brain did not expect uh, for a lot of things that can peak our dopamine, like uh, food that is processed, that is high in calories, high in sugar, high in fat. And our brain is like, ooh, we found gold, right? And you get this faster peak of dopamine. And your brain remembers that. And like, yeah, we got to get more of it and more of it and more of it. Or for example, social media, it's still social interaction, even though it doesn't produce the same like meaningful effect uh, in most cases. And that's why we get, you know, into uh, mental illness, more into mental health and mental fitness. Um, the same, you know, like with sex addiction, if it becomes an addiction, it's all, it's uh, an, an maladaptive behavior that doesn't serve you well. But back to processed foods and scientists trying to figure out uh, why people prefer processed foods over, you know, healthy foods. And, and back to Andrew Huberman. So Andrew Huberman um, shared with, with us this piece of knowledge that uh, whatever causes higher dopamine spikes and peaks, um, it also actually causes lower uh dips and, you know, your dopamine crashes, making you not feel that great. And then you want to uh, bring it up again. And that's why you crave something that can bring this dopamine back up faster. And that's when the, that's when the craving for what caused this peak in the first place, um, peak and, and then what Andrew Huberman uh, called trough. So you have peaks and you have troughs. And whatever caused the high peak, it causes low troughs. And then you want to engage in the behavior to bring up the peak again because the trough doesn't feel good. So all of that to say processed foods causes a lot more 
dopamine peaking and spiking compared to regular food. And so now your brain has this dopamine spike. It remembers that this food brought it and you subconsciously gonna gravitate towards this food. Also remember, folks, even though consciously in your prefrontal cortex, your oldest, most sophisticated, no, your youngest, most sophisticated part of the brain that is behind your forehead, that is where your logical thinking is. Now that can override your instincts to get this highly palatable food. That's why you actually can rewire your behavior. You There is this possibility. But in an environment where your prefrontal cortex is distracted or overwhelmed with to-dos, with your work and business and, and life responsibilities, when your prefrontal cortex is under conditions of stress and overload and too little attention spread it out to so many things, what happens is your prefrontal cortex loses its ability to control your instincts and your emotions. And that's why you don't think that much about uh, eating that processed foods. You just feel like you need it. And because your prefrontal cortex is already dealing with so much, it's not able to be as strong to overcome those impulses and urges. Because guess what, guy? guys? <clears throat> Whenever your prefrontal cortex is overloaded. It just loses its power, its willpower that actually does require physical energy and resources to create. Uh, we don't fully understand how it works, but the basic idea is what we know from research, the more stressed, overwhelmed, overloaded, distracted people are, the less they, they're able to control their urges and responses. And the more you just drive with this dopamine spike that tells you to eat more of the processed foods because they are so rewarding. And from the survival perspective, you know, higher fat, higher calories, higher sugar, all good, right? You get your, uh, so to speak, fat bank account refilled and you have more chances to survive. Only if you do this every day and you start not consuming what your brain and body actually need to function, what happens is you get a, you get overweight but even before that a lot of times your health and your brain and your body start to malfunction and then your brain again starts to work even worse your prefrontal cortex because of malnutrition start to work even worse and it's less and less capable of uh, resisting those urges and you have a perfect storm where you are already distracted <clears throat> and overwhelmed to resist those urges. And then you engage with them, consuming more and more processed foods and less and less healthy foods. I never met a person in my coaching practice, folks, who uh, would eat a lot of processed food, but uh, also a lot of healthy foods. People either eat a lot of healthy foods and very little processed or the other way around. Uh, people usually do not consume both in, in big amounts. So um, back to the point. So now you have this perfect storm when you it is much harder for prefrontal cortex to resist those urges for highly palatable food. And then you consume more of them and your health worsens and your brain cognitive function worsens and your brain is even worse at resisting those urges and you eat more and more of those foods and that cycle is harder, it's harder to break. Not impossible, but harder. 
And while scientists are figuring out why the F people eat so much processed foods, I can tell you my personal story. And uh, also, you know, I, I listened to Andrew Huberman to a lot of his content, almost everything that he came out with, and I read a lot more neuroscience research. And so for me, the answer is very clear. It might be not research based, but it is a logically, uh, it is a logical conclusion. And also back to my personal story. When I used to eat a lot of sweets on a regular basis, like every week, I would feel I need to eat a lot of sweets. Like I would, I wasn't that good at managing my emotional responses, my stress load. You know, there was, the, I had a lot of studies and then, you know, there was, there were work responsibilities and there were, you know, stressors in life. So it wasn't that good at managing my emotions and stress. And I felt like I needed that, you know, dopamine peak that came from sweets to just make myself feel better. Like I'm actually managing because that stress would start making me feel not that great. And I didn't know what to do with that. So I would overeat on on sweets and cookies and it would make me feel good. And then bad, you know, when you go through this diet and and fitness cycle. And I never was able to um, stop it until... One day I decided, okay, for this year, I have a rule for myself. I'm not going to be on any freaking diet, but I am going to stop eating any processed foods and any added sugars, any powders, any liquid calories. I'm just going to eat and chew my whole foods and meals that I prepare from that. That's it. Uh, And guess what, folks? After that year, my brain was completely rewired. I had no urges to eat any sweets. My emotional and stress regulation got much better. I had to get better at it. I was going also through coaching certifications and was working on myself a lot, you know, in incorporated uh, breath work and uh, different uh, modalities to uh, reduce stress load or to manage it, you know, nature and saunas and all of these things. And so I started to manage my stress without food, my emotions without food, and I didn't peak my dopamine with that highly processed food. So my dopamine system got totally rewired for long-term satisfaction. And don't kid yourself, folks, you have one brain for everything you do in life. So how you do and react to anything is how you do and react to everything. So if you teach your dopamine system to get the reward, high peaks, high, fast peaks, getting the reward from things that are easy, but long-term they are harming you instead of perhaps working on something that doesn't give you that peak like regular food, but still gives you some pleasure um, and it's working for your long-term things. It will translate to your work and it will cancel things like your procrastination because what procrastination actually is you are not ready to do the hard work that the reward or your goal, and it is a reward, requires. And why is that? Because you taught your brain to go for easy, high peak of dopamine with processed foods, maybe easy entertainment, maybe social media, maybe gambling, things that require no work and they are just short-term reward one after another after another. And that's why I personally believe that processed food, it goes so much deeper than any health or weight loss crisis. It rewires the brain of people to be short-term satisfaction first. And people say, 
well, you know, we are all, I don't know, programmed to be poor. No, we are, we, we have created the system of easy pleasures that keep people in a short-term satisfaction cycle. And with short-term satisfaction, who going to get rich? Getting rich and developing business and developing your career takes time, takes a lot of work, a lot of saying no to short-term satisfaction, saying no to your procrastination, saying yes to long-term hard work. Now, that's not what the system teaches us, so it has nothing to do with programming. It has a lot to do with how we train our dopamine for easy peaks, that easy entertainment, fast food, uh, processed foods, and social media and all these distractions produce, whether we train it with that or delaying gratification with long, hard work for rewards that are actually meaningful in our life. So that's where the you know tragedy of our lives. It's not freaking programming your brain. It's not using your dopamine system for what it was designed to. Well, actually, it was designed for our survival, but unfortunately, survival is kind of taken care of. Now it's all about, are we able to now say no to all this, not all, but you know some of the conveniences in order to train our brain in a way that helps us to become long-term thinkers, long-term living creatures who invest not just in the now, because we our survival isn't really threatened anymore, but in the long term. And that's the ultimate challenge, I think, of our time. Can we do this or or not? So anyhow, that being said, folks, the practical tip for you, the practical takeaway is about one thing. If you are experiencing cravings, and if you're listening to this podcast, you might be. And also, if you are experiencing procrastination, these are very close related issues. And if you want to rewire your brain away from procrastination and cravings, do next thing for at least a couple of months, weeks, but I recommend one month. So 30 days, 30 days, starting today or till the end of the month. That's enough. Till the end of the month, you do one thing and one thing only. You say no to short-term, no work and gratification. And that is easy entertainment. So remove that Netflix, go for, I don't know, hikes, connect with friends, go bowling, you know, do something that requires a little bit of more work. Number two, um, easy food, processed foods that keeps you in the loop of cravings, that keeps your dopamine spiking, just remove it. No diets, but no powdered uh, sugars, flours, uh, no snacks, no nothing, just real food. Fruit, vegetables, meat, fish, eggs, um, unprocessed, um, you know, dairy products. So that is number two. And number three, what was number three? No social media scrolling unless it is um, required for your work or, you know, schedule it and do it to do what is essential. And that's it. Become a producer, not a consumer when it comes to social media. And also use it to learn, to uh, find out about new books, new studies, right? So no easy entertainment foods and, and Netflix, all of that stuff, gambling, gaming. Just go for the hard stuff for a month and see how all of your cravings and procrastination will magically disappear. 
And MD Huberman also recommends when things get tough, make them suck even more. And the thing that you were avoiding to do would become easier. So what it means is like, if you're procrastinating on uh, that presentation or a project, do something that makes you makes it suck even more, like maybe cold shower for you, or I don't know, going for a sprint or a run, like do something that feels even more challenging. And then that thing would actually become easier. And it has to do with how those troughs or, you know, when your dopamine crash and your dopamine is low, actually to restore it, doing something that is more challenging and more difficult restores that dopamine faster. At least that's what Andrew Huberman um, says. So do something that sucks and it will get you out of that procrastination and inaction. Anyhow, folks, I hope you found this useful. This week, we're going to have an in-depth nutrition interview with Chris Master John. He is a PhD of nutrition, and we're going to be talking about brain nutrition and where people get it wrong, or what are some core elements to uh, keep your brain uh, healthy and functioning and productive and focused, right? Um, a lot of interesting topics we'll discuss with Chris. He's a wealth of knowledge and yeah, so I'm very excited uh, to be presenting him to you. And uh, till next time, folks, don't forget to share this episode for anyone who is struggling with a procrastination and cravings that will help this podcast to reach more people a lot. So please share, review, rate. If you have any questions, please do reach out to Angela Shurina, Angela Brain Body Coach on Instagram, uh, easily uh, found there. And have an amazing week start training your dopamine with the hard things and i'll talk to you very soon